doctor will see you now. Sit down. Relax. It's time for your weekly dose of BJ. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to the weekly BJ. All right. Well, this is our first podcast. You know, I don't expect it to be, you know, amazing or anything. Oh. You know, it's, you know, we got our notes written down. We know what we're going to talk about. And then I, I loosely know what you're going to talk about, or at least hope to. I, I'm pretty fucking. I'm going to be pissed, man. I'm going to be yeah, pissed. I, I got the short idea. Oh. Dude, I. Uh... It's just upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not even sure, you know, but, uh, you know, we can just introduce ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and go, go first. All right. All right. I'll uh, go first. I'll go first. All right. All right. My name's right. Jaden Jaden Edwards. And then we're with uh, Bodie Edwards, too. We're brothers. Yeah. Hi. Hello. <laughs> brothers. Brothers. Since birth. Since yeah. the womb, you know. The BJ, you know. It's how it yeah. rolls. That's how it rolls. That's what we are. <laughs> yeah. Did. And then, you know, it's pretty good that we work together. It's actually... Oh, yeah. We we also... Yeah, we yeah. do cable together. Do fucking cable together. <laughs> cable, Build your cable. Wi-Fi for everyone. Dead-end jobs. <laughs> Building your 5G. You know, it'd be good to just, like, start doing, like... Being able to do, like, uh, like YouTube, you know, and start YouTube podcast be nice. like of course we have to work you know but if we were able to one day just you know be able to do this for a living that'd be like the dream that's that's been the dream yeah it's, the dream for yeah. A while. it's good that we're starting now it's pretty exciting oh yeah it's pretty exciting oh, yeah. it's been a long time coming it's yeah nice. I, mean, uh, I feel like we could actually this will stick yeah it was really good you know mm-hmm. and then uh i think you know we introduced us i'm ready to just get in my topic you know Oh I'll yeah, I want, you, I want you. To know I'd go first. Yeah, I, I'll, I want to see what you know about my top. Yeah, we'll do your second because because uh, I know you just watched uh, more CL the movie by Drew and Paul Davis Griffin. Yes, you I finally did. got to watching that. I've seen it two times now. Oh, yeah, twice. twice. I watched wow. it once at like one a.m. the day it came out. I watched it, and then I just Ooh. watched it again the other day. Uh, I think it's fantastic. You know. They said they made it four years ago. Well, like, they were making it for four years. They were a lot younger whenever they were doing it. And then, you know, yeah. if they if someone were to give these guys, like, like $10,000 and told them to make a movie, I'm sure they could do really good, you know? Because it's like they don't have the Beautiful. budget to be, like, making a, you know, a super-produced film like that. Right. But for what they had. Yeah, was... for what they had, it's a, it's amazing. I actually thought it was pretty good. Like, I got a little creeped out of parts. The acting was good. Oh, that's right. Sure. Yeah, and I know, so I know you parts, said when so we were talking scenes. that uh, you felt Paul was a little into character, you know. But uh, I felt, you know, that was the point to like play a character because yes, yes. they're not supposed to act as themselves. You know, he was trying to pl- portray like a different person. Yeah, you For know, sure. which is understandable. You know, it's a. I thought uh, it was I really can, good. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's nice. Yeah, it's it's a found footage film they decided to make, kind of like you know the Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity, along those lines. Mm-hmm. You know, and they start off, uh, they're like outside, they're talking about like an old town, 
underwater and then immediately like drew goes to his house and he's he's just recording in his house and then his dad i think because his dad comes on and he starts yelling at him because he wasted all his money that he was given to him on a camera and then it like starts off and he's just like screaming at his dad just walks out very great way to start the film yeah like some, with some tension and then he's just they i feel like they did this in the uh, most amazing friends movie like he's just walking down the road and fucking paul comes out of nowhere and uh <laughs> he's just like get in the fucking car that's basically how, how <laughs> it started <laughs> he's like get in the car motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just comes out of nowhere strolling down the street tells him to get in the car and then they really set up the plot with the movie. Uh, they get in the car, and then they go to, like, a school. And uh, right before Paul, uh, he does some blow, you know, gets himself <laughs> hyped up, which I thought was Spoiler. really funny. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're spoiling the movie. It's okay. It's the review. Uh, yeah, he does some blow, man, which I thought was, like, funny as shit. And then, like, he gets pissed off. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure Paul in the movie, he's, he's Michael, and Drew is Dylan, right? Yes, yeah, yes. correct. Yeah, so... He's like recording him doing blow, and he gets pissed off at that. But then he, they're sitting there at like the stadium, and they really set up the plot with like he starts talking about like what if zombies were real or like you know like shit like that. And then yeah. then he's like he's scared of, like the ocean is scary. But then like the whole yeah. movie is like like what if like demons were real, which they start talking about like whenever they're in the library in one part, they're like what if it's trying to like hurt us or something. I remember talking, that. Yeah, because yeah, Dylan or Drew, he kept saying, "What if it's trying to hurt us? What if it's yeah. trying?" To and at the very us? beginning of the movie, they're all like talking about how he's not scared of that. You know, he's scared of like right. the ocean and like something real. And they, you know, they right. don't really believe in that. Like, what they're doing yeah. is like a serious yeah. thing, which I thought was good. You know, they pretty much set up the plot of the movie at the beginning. It really, hit, it really hit a spot. That was a great scene. I loved it. Yeah, of, uh, Paul's speech. Yeah, movie. and he's he gets really Easy. like into it, you know. Yeah, there's a scene where uh, Dylan or Drew says that he loves just watching, like listening to Paul talk. <laughs> yeah, I love that part. And he's like, "Are you just? Are you gonna kiss me?" <laughs> like that's so. Funny. Yeah. That's how. I- because th- throughout the whole movie, it was just I love to listen to him go off on these tangents. Yeah, and they- the, exactly, oh exactly. Like he kept going off on tangents, and I feel like the whole movie, like uh, Michael, uh, was just like, you know, he's kind of like the most. He was like more interesting than uh, Drew's character, which I felt like was like purposely done for the most part. Yeah, because like. He was like, you know, any like sing like walking songs. And he's like, if you start singing, I'm gonna rip your fucking throat out. I was like, wow. <laughs> like he's pissed off the whole time. He like progressively gets more angry the whole movie and like like isolated. Yeah, so they definitely uh, portrayed Drew's character to be more of a. I feel like more of like the background character. Just yeah. Like kind of guy. Right, right, and then uh, the first time they break into the the house they get in through the window and then uh paul they, they start drinking they drink there like every night they go there and then he, he takes them to the back room and then he tells them the story of kent blackwood where uh he like drowned his daughter in the sink and then like uh stomped the other daughter's head in and let me see here uh the daughter he drowned her name was angel they decide like they put in the movie 
and then the other one was Brittany, and then their last name was Carson, and he killed the wife too. And like they didn't have the same last name as Kent Blackwood. Yeah, the and, wife. Didn't yeah, he was that. saying Lucifer's brother is Morcio, and uh, he's saying Kent Blackwood wanted to become something more than himself, you know, like something greater. Yeah. Which is like, I think that's really like smart. It's very good storytelling. Yeah, I thought it was really good. It's really nice because they like they thickened out the plot a little bit right there. Like so you actually kind of like under you know you learned a little right. bit about what was going on. Yeah, it gives it a little bit of a backstory yeah. or like more to the story. Like I remember when Drew Molino made a scary movie like years ago. I don't remember how many years. Like I remember it, I, we were talking about it. It looked like the same house that he used. You know, yeah. Like I, I remember space because there was a scene in that movie where it was either a movie or a series where he had a few episodes yeah but it was on his channel and it was in this house and i'm pretty sure he lived in it at the time instead yeah i want to know whose house that is actually because it it looks so empty you know like there's nothing in it at all like i don't know if they're really looks empty yeah Yeah, like i don't know if like someone really rents that house out or they're just like really breaking into it because i really don't understand like who's who's lives there that has no shit in it? Unless they were able to like get someone to move all their shit out of their house. So I don't know. Right. Well, but was, no, it, it seemed like the same house. I do remember from that film. Yeah. The crawl I remember there was a scene where Drew got dragged into the crawl space. Right. Yeah. So they like told the story of Kent Blackwood. I'm pretty sure it's Kent. Uh, I could Kent, I could yeah. be wrong, but yeah, the tell story Kent Blackwood, and then uh, it might be the first night or the second night they decide uh, Drew, which is uh, Dylan, tries to egg him on into the basement, and uh, Michael's like, I don't want to go in the basement, and he's like, because that's where everything happened, and finally he eggs him on enough to like piss him off, and they end up going to the basement. They find a bicycle down there, which would have belonged to like the teenage daughter uh, Brittany. Yeah, and then they find the murder weapon, which like yeah, is the murder weapon, the axe in the corner, axe. and th- they make sense of it as in like nobody would want to keep the weapons, so they keep it in the basement, you know. Exactly. And then, uh, like... what is it? Uh, Dylan finds the key, and then they hear some shit upstairs. So he picks up the axe and walks upstairs, looks around, you know. Michael all, all... took the axe. Yeah, he takes the yeah, axe. Starts uh, looking around. The sh- all the chandeliers are moving around. Like that was really good. The the cupboards were open. And then uh, I didn't notice the cupboards being open when I first watched it. I, see, I it was, yeah, neither did I. But I did not notice the cupboards open. But I, it could have just been me not paying enough attention. Honestly, right. I noticed but, the chandeliers the first time, and then uh, I did. Yeah, and then whenever the the following morning, he's talking about how excited they are about like all everything that happened. Like they were like so right. excited. Uh, he talked about like the cupboards opening, and I didn't really notice that. I saw like one open the second time I watched it. It was like one or two were open, but I really noticed the chandeliers were moving. That's all I noticed. Yeah, it's just the chandeliers swinging. But that was it was well. That was it gave enough to you know it was enough to give me a little bit. Of yeah, that was like the first scare, you know. Yeah. the first like major thing and then there's that scene where they uh where they're walking on the road and michael goes they're trying to find that homeless guy so he can get some alcohol right and they give him the money and then they chase him down and then michael just beats the shit out of him 
Right. Which, like, I thought that was pretty funny, you know. It was, like, yeah, it was funny. It was funny. And then it cuts into him, like, eating fucking peanut butter toast, drinking a beer. Just hanging out. Yeah, he still got alcohol. And then, let's see, the next scare that happened was, uh, let's see here. I think uh, what happened was they both w- they uh, they were upstairs sleeping, and then whenever they woke up, uh, Paul was in the room with him, but he goes downstairs, and then Drew uh, comes to follow, and he starts to go downstairs, and he hears Paul screaming in the distance. Oh, uh, that was uh, no, that was that was when they woke up. Yeah, the next morning they were trying to do like EVPs or something, okay, weren't okay, they? Yeah, and they both were getting ready to go down the stairs. Because they, they were like, we're going to start doing EVPs. Right. And that, that part was funny because he was like, I can't believe you read all these books. And then he pulled, he showed him a children's book. He's like, I got some a little more your speed. And I, <laughs> that was really good, you know. I know that next scare, that one really got to me because the screaming in the distance. Yeah, it was oh, really well crazy. done. It was Paul's voice. They go to the library soon after that. That's what that, the library scene was right after that part, yeah, I remember, because yeah. they were talking about uh, emulating voices, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, sh- shortly after that scene. But that scene, I thought they did really good on that. Like, that kind of scared that me. One, it gave me a little chill. Yeah, it gave me a good jump scare and some chills. Because, nice. like, yeah. Cause cause I, like, oh, right after the scream ended, he was just right there up on the top. Of the yeah, stairs. he's like, like, hey, where are you going? Yeah, and they're like, like, what oh, the fuck? Uh, Mm. yeah that was a good scene and then um if i'm not mistaken they're sleeping i'm just gonna you know i'm skipping around here a lot i just want to talk about like my favorite parts of the movie uh the scene where uh drew's sleeping in the room and then paul he's recording and uh let's see is he is it uh the closet light turns on you remember that and then he opens it up and the axe is right there I didn't notice that the axe was. That's what that was. See, that's yeah, right. Exactly. Frightened. I didn't notice that when I first watched it. Yeah, the second what? time I watched it, that's when I noticed it. Like I had to go watch it again because, like, I feel like I missed a little bit. Yeah. Because yeah. I I noticed the light turn on. I was like, oh shit! And then uh, he opens the door, and the first time I watched it, I didn't see the axe in the corner sitting there. So I'm getting a little frightened. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. So. Wow makes a lot of sense right and then is that the same scene where he goes downstairs and then uh sees the girl out the window is that the same night that's the same scene it might be the same night i don't i'm not too sure yeah i could be wrong we could be wrong on that but (laughs) that yeah that's probably the next scene yeah oh that that was that's what really gave me the chills. Right. That's well, that scene I really like because uh, I didn't notice whenever he goes downstairs, uh, Drew's gone. Like, Dylan, he's just gone. Yeah. He just, like, disappeared. Like, he's not in the house anymore in this, yeah. this whole scene. The stairs whenever he, whenever he got scared. Yeah. Like, he, he was downstairs. Uh, he saw the girl out the window. Mm-hmm. And I really like that because I didn't notice that first until she moved out of the, the uh, like the frame. Uh, yeah, because I had to rewind it. And I was like, "Oh my lord!" Dude, yeah, that, that really gave me chills. Seeing things right outside your window is just terrifying. Yeah, like anyone can like kind of uh, you know relate to that. 
because if you got your lights on in your house, you can't see out your window. You know, you just see yourself. You have to get real close. Yeah, so you got to get close to shit to just like even like peek out the window. But whenever there's someone right there and they move, like I, I couldn't imagine. You know, yeah, they're staring right at you, and you have no clue until you. Yeah, like, and then he goes and taps on the glass. fucking window, and I love how quick they cut out this scene. Because uh, the hand slaps the window and then immediately cuts into the part of him like running away into the room. Yeah. And he bursts into the room and Dylan is gone. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, right the camera angles they gone. used. Yeah, because they had a tripod set up at back in the back corner. But yeah, he was handheld. Yeah, they did really good on the camera angles in this movie. I Very really nice. liked the. They had some good ambience too, like. Uh, I noticed it because I, I, I always like I listened to it with the headphones, so I just kept uh, like you could hear like the sounds they added to give it more of like an atmosphere. Right. That part was really good. Like he was leaning on the door and like freaking out and s- starts slamming on the door. He's like losing his shit, you know, as anyone would. Yeah. And then goes that into scene. the goes into the fucking closet, and then that was a really good scene right there. Yeah. All that whole scene right there was just beautiful acting like it was like it was just it, it made me believe you know it was just me sitting there you know right. the door and then something pounding back like what would i do i probably would have done exactly what he was doing you know? right Maybe yeah cry. what do you do yeah paul did, they did a great job acting honestly i feel like he did a good job like showing fear and acting really good yeah I mean, at those parts, it was... Yeah, because I know they were younger, so, like, they're probably, like, my age, like, 18, 19, because mm-hmm. you're 20. Like, I'm not sure how old they are now, but I know, like, we started watching them when I was probably 12 years old, 12 or 13. Many years ago. Yeah. Many years and then, uh, yeah, and then uh, they start, we started on their chat roulette, you know, as did a lot of their fans. Yeah. Like, probably their first few videos, like, I was able to like watch them and then i got into them for like a long time i know me and you both did right and then yeah, uh watch them. yeah and then i know both of them take a they took a break from youtube for a while for a few years i think you know so that's that's around where i started falling out of the yeah loop. yeah i, I kind of like you know not to be like that but like forgot about like they made videos and everything and then now i mean me and you we've been listening to their podcast like yeah. We've been waiting for them. Like, <laughs> waiting we, for I remember them. when we got to work and I, we were just, you know, I was like, oh, they just uploaded one like 10 hours ago. You listened to it yet? Yeah. Like, like their podcasts are really good, you know. Definitely a yeah. shout out for that. The most spectacular podcast. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Podcasts. You know, they're like celebrities to us. Oh, yeah. We've been watching them for yeah. years. It's crazy to think about it because. Now we're older and it's just wild because yeah. they're just, they're like, they're so, in our eyes, they're like famous, you know? Yeah, in our eyes, you know, it's like, I'd put them up with like Seth Rogen and James Franco of like comedy pairs. Like, <laughs> like I love watching them when they're together. Like, they're hilarious. Hilarious. Hands down. Yeah. <laughs> dopest dope I've ever smoked. Hands down. <laughs> Hands down, dopest dope. It's funny. Yeah, I mean, they're they're really inspiring too. You know, they they do a lot. You know? Yeah, they do. They do what they want too. You know, yeah. Like Paul's they, in a band, dude. Like he's yeah, he's really good with uh, instruments. He's like musically talented. He's they're both really good actors. You know, they, yeah. I'm I'd, I'd like to know they how many scenes of that movie that they actually improvised. You know, like that they didn't write right. script for and just kind of went with it. You know. On the fly. 
I'd like to know. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, it, yeah, it very well. It was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and then you know, uh, like an hour, like short of an hour and a half long. I think it was like an hour and eleven minutes. Yeah, but that is really, you know, no, hands it, down to them for like doing that. And it took them four years or whatever to make it, and that's just like for them to finally have it out and for people to start watching it. I feel like if if someone gave them a chance and like gave them like a studio and some money, they would make a really good movie. Oh yeah, you know oh, yeah. they they worked with what they had, and which probably wasn't a lot, but they still made a fucking yeah. kick ass film. It yeah, was just I'll probably really watch good. it a third time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then I want to talk I'll about the scene where they uh, they invite the girls over, dude. I yeah. love. I think that <laughs> might be like my favorite scene, just because. How fucking psycho they got! <laughs> like that was pretty wild. Yeah, because uh, Dylan's upstairs with the girl Alex, and uh, he's like looking in the closet. And he's like, you know, if you go in here by yourself, it just feels like someone's watching you. She's like, really? <laughs> and he like looks over and he's like, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, Shit. <laughs> like, oh god, okay. <laughs> Michael's downstairs with the other girl. She's on the phone with like a guy trying to get out of there because he's like being yeah. so fucking weird. Like, not saying anything. Just staring off, not... Yeah. And he just grabs her, and he's like, Dylan's gonna kill Alex. And you're like, oh, (laughs) shit, what the fuck? Like, I didn't let her go either. He just holds her still. Yeah, hold up. Yeah, and I I didn't know... uh, Dylan, up to that point, was like... uh, Like, I didn't know... Yeah, like, I didn't know what was gonna happen. Because I didn't think he was, like... Like, I didn't realize any of them were, like, possessed, you know? Because I didn't realize that until, like, later in the movie. But I... Like, I didn't know why they did that, you know? Like, I didn't know they, like, planned that out. Like, why'd they fuck with these two girls kind of scene? Yeah. It it makes sense at the end, like, whenever Yeah, because I feel like they both become possessed. Like, it might seem like Michael is the only one, but I feel like he fucking knocked him out with a baseball bat and tied him up at the end. So, like... I mean, I was also like, yeah, you don't really tie up your friend to just figure out what a ghost did to him, you know? Right, right, (laughs) right. You don't bash baseball bat and say you're gonna gouge his eyeballs. I feel like it yeah, may right. it all makes sense when you look at it in hindsight. Yeah. And then towards the end of that scene with the girls when they're over, he sees slamming on the fucking uh the 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 closet, and then the girl finally helps her out, and he falls to the fucking ground, and he just starts laughing hysterically, and starts <laughs> running down. He's like screaming for them to run. I'm just like, holy shit, what's going on right now? And right. Then, then you can hear Paul in the background, back in the room on the couch, laughing his ass off too. And like, oh, they just start losing. <laughs> yeah, they start losing their fucking minds, laughing, dude. I really love that scene. Like, I I rewinded it like at least three or four times the first time I watched it, and just watched it over again. We can't like, even stress how much they're laughing in that scene either. Like, it's it's hysterical. Yeah, it's hysterical. they're just literally like lo- losing their breath, laughing. Exactly. Like psychos, dude. For air laughing, holding on to the walls. Yeah. And then Paul's just something like shaking and just like rocking back and forth. <laughs> like, I really liked that scene. That was a really good scene. It, it yeah, gives you like very frightening, you know? It gives you the yeah. chill. Great yeah, that actually scared me. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Because you could tell that they were definitely not themselves. Like, that's fucked yeah. up. Yeah. And then the, the girls did a good job acting, too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They were freaked out. They you could tell they were scared. Yeah. Like that was really good scene, I thought. Like they it was really well done. 
Very well done. And then uh, the one scene, let me think about it here. Uh, oh, yeah, Drew. He goes, uh, sorry, I keep saying the real names. Dylan goes, he finds the panel board kind of in the corner of the room that we were talking about earlier that we thought was in the other movie he did previously. Yeah, the little he, Yeah, he opens it up and it would honestly shock me because, like, I didn't realize, like, like, there was all those, like, pictures and drawings and like fucking little girls everywhere it was so dark but you could tell he was moving and they did that scene very well because yeah there's a little song playing the sound box was playing at the other end of the room yeah louder and louder as you heard him go deeper and deeper into the crawl space and that's how you know like it was so black he couldn't tell that he was moving but that's yeah deeper in there like that was really good yeah, I really enjoyed that. And then somehow they were able to get the papers to look like old, you know, like they were like soaked with water and then drawn on. Right. It wasn't just like scrap paper they drew on. It was it looked real, you know. Yeah, that that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh he turns around and hears like a little laugh from a girl and uh it spooks him out and then he's you know, he starts running. The girl's like grabbing onto him or something and he gets out of the scroll the crawl space and then uh he turns around and it's Paul. Um, Michael holding on to him. Yeah. And then he's like, he's like, Michael, there's something in there, man. There's something in there. And he's like, shut the fuck up, Dylan. I'm like, wow. He's like, downstairs. He's like, shut the fuck up, Dylan. Just tells him to shut up. Like, yeah. And then that's what I really like about what they did with the movie. They had Dylan, like, he, uh, he had nobody to talk to what he was experiencing in the house, you know? Right. Like, he just had, like, a traumatizing thing happen. And then it just, he had nobody to talk to because Michael was, like, not on his side anymore. Right. And then uh, I completely skipped the part where he wakes up and he smells something burning. And it's that doll in the fireplace. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, that's what he wanted to show him the following morning. And then he's, oh, that scene, too. Yeah. Jesus. He wouldn't show it to him. He didn't want to see it, so he's like he 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 wanted him to see it so bad because like no he, nobody else is gonna look at it. Yeah, like who's just gonna watch this dude recording a doll burning in an abandoned fireplace? Like they're gonna think that he just set it there and lit it on fire. Right. I think that and then the tension they had in that scene when they were acting was really good, like believably good. Right. Like, yeah, I, it really looked like he slapped him in the fucking face pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah. don't fucking touch me, Dylan. I'm like, damn, dude. That's really good. Right. Like, gave you, gave, it yeah. was really good acting, honestly. It was great. Yeah, because whenever I come into this movie watching it, like, I I don't think of it as AAA or anything, you know, it's super special. <laughs> yeah, it, it's what they have, you know. It's like, if, if me and you, I know we want to make a movie more than anything, you know. We just it's don't know amazing. how, you know. Yeah, we don't we, got we haven't like really had the time to just sit down and think about it like i'm just really impressed that they were able to do it and i feel like they did a really good job like to actually scare me they did amazing yeah because yeah, like i could watch like fucking like it was better than the nun i went and watched the nun in the theaters and that movie wasn't that good i haven't even seen that yet yeah I <laughs> yeah i mean it was cool that it uh like came into the conjuring at the very end like the beginning of the conjuring was the end of the nun or whatever but i feel like more cl is better than the nun hands down right on that's, that's good because it's more real you know i mean 
with the nun, you know, they got fucking money, so they can they they just did everything. Yeah. They just use scare factor with their money, you know. It's not like they really thought out how to make a good movie. They're just like, let's make a movie, right? Like they, it seems like I I can tell they really tried, which is like, I'm really impressed. No, it was an amazing movie. Like definitely yeah. gonna give it another watch. I'm yeah. You you told yeah, me. Yeah, I'd recommend you watch it again, man. Like. Oh yeah. I'd recommend I, anyone to watch it that knows yeah. even people yeah. that don't know Paul and Drew are. They, you know, anybody, yeah, please watch the movie because it, it's great. It's more CL. How do you, how do you spell that? M O M O R C I E L. Yep, more CL. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't it like Dylan and Michael Productions or Michael and Dylan? Yeah, I think Michael and Dylan Productions, which I didn't realize that was their names in the movie. Yep. This is the YouTube channel they made for the, the movie they itself. Made a special YouTube channel just for the movie. Yeah. Which, if you look up Drew Molino or Paul Davis Griffin, it's uh, more CL. It'll pop up with that channel. Yeah. yeah, just look up their names. Yeah. I'm sure they used probably under $200 to film the whole movie. Like, maybe less, you know? Probably less. I mean, depending on if they had to, if that was buy, their Buy the house. wine, you know? The wine, too. Yeah, just buy the, the alcohol was probably the most expensive parts yeah. of the movie. Bag but of I mean, so like the uh, the house too. I like it depends on if one of them owned the house or if they had to rent out the house. You know, right? If they and just they, break into a house, yeah. I, and they made it feel really like real that they uh, are breaking into this house. You know, like it's every single night. Yeah, yeah. Like most, I, I literally just watched this thing about Rob Zombie. Uh, the scene because he had a contract or whatever with Universal Studios when they were making House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, did and, he really? Uh, so they they stripped it from him because they didn't want to they didn't want to fund the movie anymore. Yeah, I didn't sure. I didn't know this. Yeah, because you know it's Rob Zombie's movies. Uh, so he had all his actors, you know, like Bill Mosley and all of them. Yeah. Uh, he had Bill Mosley, even though he was playing Otis B. Driftwood. The the scene where they do the carousel ride, uh, you know, whenever they do like the carnival ride with Captain Spaulding, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he actually had Bill Mosley be like Ed Gein. Like he used like the same actors because he didn't have like the funding anymore. Which I like didn't I thought, know. yeah, I didn't know that either. I just recently saw that, and he filmed it in the basement of his house. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I didn't know that either. Like, yeah, he filmed parts of the movie in his basement. You know, wow. Which you know, so Rob Zombie's like... he's got a crazy mind. You know, and oh, he yeah. does have more money because he was in the band. Then you know, he had millions of dollars probably for his of his own money. He didn't need the funding, but. No. I really back. believe that, like, Paul and Drew, they could make a good film if they had, you know, the funds to do so. I believe they already have made a good film. And... No, I, I believe it, you know. That, I really right. like Morciel. <laughs> it's a good story. For sure. Like, there's the part where uh, after the, uh, he tells him, get down, if he wants to lick his fucking boot, then he's going to do it. After that yeah. whole part, he comes back and he's like, we need money. Yeah, and he just like storms back in, like, we need money, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, we need money. And I'm like, what? So he literally breaks, he like, he goes to his own house. Like, this is like believable, you know? Like, yeah, he just steals pills. From yeah, his goes own. to his own house and steals pills, you know? His, his like sister, I think, his younger sister is trying to like talk to him because he hasn't yeah. been home in days, you know? Yeah, he's just been. Yeah, yeah so they steal pills so they can go sell them for money. And like, the fact that they were able to, like, do that is, like, really good. Like, it's believable. Right. I wonder so, if there was an actual, uh, uh, his dad and 
mom and his sister. Oh, but I believe it was because I know that just got them to play the role. I know from listening to like their podcasts and like you know their videos through the years that Mm -hmm. uh, Drew's pretty close with his dad from what I get from it, and I know that if he asked him to be in one of his films, because I know his dad liked filming. You remember that's not one podcast he said he got inspired to film because his dad was always filming. Yeah, when they were talking about that house in Pennsylvania, that's now a B and B that we should go to. I definitely would like to go see it. Love to go see that shit. Nice, stay. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm pretty positive that he got his dad to act out that part whenever he's like screaming at him at the very beginning. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah, They did good. You know, it's all believable. It is. You know, like his dad's pissed at him because he's wasted money that he gave to him yeah just leaves the fucking house you know i'm you know i'm out all right it's relatable you know he's <laughs> screaming fuck you you know like it's just yeah relatable fucking you know sequence it's like a typical tuesday yeah all right so we've talked about like probably three quarters of the movie so yeah we haven't gotten uh, to the end yet. yeah towards the end sure. what was that I don't know if you want to try and like if you want to spoil that much for them or not, but no, we're gonna talk about the whole movie. I'm good with that. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the whole movie. I just want to because I really love the ending. That was probably my favorite part of the movie. It was probably my favorite part as well. The whole build up because um because Drew leaves leaves Paul alone. You know he's gonna be out for a while. He says he's gotta go do some get some clothes. And then basically, yeah. Up to that point, Paul hasn't said anything for like twenty minutes in the film. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like three days. Yeah, he said three days, but in in the movie itself, it's been like twenty minutes. You know, he hasn't said shit, and like it's like wow, yeah. But it was three. He said three days, and uh, he's just eating steak. You know, eating fucking steak. (laughs) Right. So uh, Dylan comes back. Uh, He has a baseball bat, and Paul's just kind of like, sorry, Michael. Is he just wandering in the fucking room? just kind of like staring off, like zoned out, like noticeably zoned out. And then uh, you know he's going to hit him with a baseball bat. And then it cuts into right. the the sequence where he's dragging him across the floor. They did really good with that. I don't know if he used a GoPro or something or had someone else behind him recording. Uh, it, he could have possibly just, you know, one hand drug him by his leg, you know. Shit, man, that'd be kind of hard. I feel like he had two hands on him, though. He might have had two, but yeah. it's, it's possible, you know. Yeah, but he's, I really like that. He's dragging him on the floor down to the basement. Right. And then uh, I really like – he, like, always sets up the camera, makes sure his hair is good, like, throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, he sets up the camera all nice. Uh, yeah, sets it up. You see fucking Michael strung up with some rope to the fucking pole sitting on the ground. Just wakes like up. Or... Yeah, starts losing his shit, you know, like – it's really good act. This whole last like five like, to ten minutes yeah. is like really good acting. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Cause like it looked like he was like really crying whenever he like grabbed him in the face and like he was like just like tell me what's going on. Right. He, like squeezed his face and his eyes were like watering. You could tell he was like freaking out. And then uh, he just like he's asking him what's going on. And then he's just like, you weren't there. You weren't there. Right. Keeps telling yeah. him he's going to fucking murder him if he doesn't tell him what's going on. Like, Some fucked up ways to murder him, too. He's like, I'll fucking, you know, 
gouge your eyeballs out <laughs> with my thumbs like oh my god yeah so you can taste and feel the blood running down your face <laughs> oh my slit god. your wrists and watch you bleed out and like just to ask him some questions yeah there's gotta just to be something going on to him like oh my <laughs> just yeah there's gotta be something going on yeah, but hey, that's that's where you kind of like gotta believe that they're both a little bit possessed. Too, yeah, because. that there's more going on, yeah. and does that to his friend, even if he fucking pushes him around a little bit. Right. Yeah, and then uh, finally he says uh, Morcio into his face. You know, it gets close. I I didn't know that was gonna happen the first time I watched it, <laughs> and then like he turned all pale, and then like they cut to that part where he just like like showing himself as like a ghost or whatever like the demon they it, they cut the lights cut out and then it yeah, cut immediately back in different positions yeah Dylan. which was really fucking good to me i i didn't expect any of this yeah he's yeah. holding the fucking axe dylan's tied up now and michael's the one and yeah then, uh he starts talking in the perspective of morciel like he's no longer talking as michael yeah, Morciel or Blackwood was just yeah Ken Blackwood same you know yeah. yeah but no yeah yeah Morciel's talking and yeah. it's just, there's two perspectives right there there's the tripod that Dylan had set up in the corner of the room and then there's the camera that Dylan's holding while he's tied up to the pole right and oh that's I scene. know you said you really enjoyed that scene and so did I it was my favorite scene. Yeah, he's trying to get him out of his head, you know, and then it keeps cutting to where he's like, Michael's trying to break free from him, but then uh, it just isn't happening, you know, it's like, it's not going to happen. Right, it cuts, it cuts from one camera to the other, and like, in one camera's perspective, it's uh, more CL talking, and the other camera's perspective, it's Michael screaming and writhing on the floor, Yeah, trying to get him out of his head. And then, uh, finally, he axes him to death. And they, it was good, you know. I thought those are also, uh, you know, they don't have a high budget to like, you know, decapitate a fucking like prop head or anything. So no, I just bloodied it up and let fucking yeah sit there. You know, he's he's screaming and slamming the axe on the ground, and you see blood fly up when he raises the axe, and that looked really believable, you know. Oh yeah, he's coated in it like dripping. yeah, blood uh, blood puddle running down the concrete. Of the basement floor. Yeah. And then uh, he, he kind of looks at the axe like he's like, you know, like it's been a while since he's like had the chance to like kill someone and he enjoyed it, you know. And then he, st- he starts fucking puking, dude. Yep. And oh, oh, yeah, right there whenever fucking. Yeah, he starts laughing. He's, he's his... all laughing there. And then uh, he just starts puking. And I don't know if these sound effects or that, but it sounded really real. Nah, it sounded like he was straight gag. You know, like if you yeah. were trying gasp for air in the middle of your vomit, you know, like yeah, it sounded like he actually was puking. You know, really struggling to breathe, and it, it it was very believable. Like holy fuck! And then it cuts to like you see uh, Ken Blackwood or the actor they used, yeah, to like Trey Morsey and all stand over him while he's like gasping for air, bleeding out the mouth, yeah. Light shut out, and then he, they're both gone. Mm-hmm. Which I all that was unexpected to me because I didn't think it would be like 
I didn't think there was going to be a murder in the movie, like an actual murder scene. No. Or like, I didn't think they were going to use an actual actor to portray Morciel. Like, I, I definitely well, didn't think they would use someone to portray Morciel. Yeah. Like, was, in my favorite think- part of the movie, I'm going to go ahead and talk, like, this is the final scene. Uh, he picks up the camera, Morciel, you can, you can, you tell, you can kind of tell it's him because they're both dead now. Like, yeah. just, you know, Michael's just gone. Uh, he, you know that door, the door, the door they were trying to open up the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. He just goes right to it, opens it up. The yeah, whole movie. Yeah, back in there the whole entire movie. You know. Yeah, it's I thought that was think, great. Is it just? Is it just like I? It's probably just like the Morciel demon or whatever just lives back there. That's like his portal. You know. Yeah. It's locked, but you know, whenever he comes back, he just uh, it just unlocks. Mm-hmm. Right. I really loved, you know, I know this might not ever happen, but the chance to talk to them about the movie and how they made it, you know, It'd like you know, like have a discussion with them about how they made the film. Just, uh, I'd like to know what they did, uh, not like for the effects or anything, but like what they uh, thought about the plot, you know, the story, right. Right, because like, I'm pretty what... sure they made up the story. It might be uh, loosely based upon other things. I uh, like... yeah, I feel like they made up you know Kent Blackwood, yeah, and, and how he became Morciel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Morciel is even a real thing. Like, I would have to look that up. Yeah, because... I haven't researched it at all, but I'd love to just have the chance to like just talk to him about it. It'd be nice. Because I'd like, yeah. to, I'd love to hear how they made the movie. Because like. I know me and you have been, you know, we've always dreamed about doing something like that. Yeah, doing our own horror film. Yeah. Because, like, I got ideas up the ass. Yeah. <laughs> and just, I just don't know how to, like, just, just to do it. Right. And I feel like they'd have really good tips and pointers, you know, because we look up to them. I'd listen to every word they said. Are they role models for sure? They really are. They really are. Like, everything they do impresses me. Oh, Yeah. Uh, oh, I remember watching their uh, their improv scenes. They use the green screen. Yeah, those yeah. videos are like they make me laugh, dude. They're very intelligent people. Like, they, yeah, they just you know start up a scene because they met in an improv class. I'm pretty sure I was listening to their podcast, and that's how they actually met. I didn't. I don't you know, know if I did, really. Yeah, they they connected by improv scenes, you know, and then you know. Years later, here they are. That's awesome. Yeah, and they're both great actors. You got to give it to them. No, they did very well in the Yeah. Movie. You know, they're... we met by birth, so yeah, it was we just got to be friends. Hurt, you know, we can we forced. <laughs> yeah, forced friendships, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, but the, the ending scene was like it was really good to me cuz they sp- uh I forgot about that door, you know. They uh they showed the door, they tried to break into it. Because they were both drunk at that part, you know, they, they were all yeah. having a good time with it, and then, yeah, they tried, like, twice, and then the end of the movie, they go in the fucking door, and then there's, like, a news hanging, more of those pictures that he's, I don't, see, I want to know what that's all about, like. I didn't get a good enough look at those pictures, like, what was he doing, just drawing symbols, or was he yeah. drawing, like, Paul, or was he drawing, like, Michael and Dylan, or. Yeah, like, <laughs> are they now part of the house, or, yeah. like, what, you know. Uh-oh. But yeah, his room was nothing but a bunch of drawn pictures and a noose hanging from the ceiling. Right. In that, you know, great movie. Right. You know, that sums it up. It's I I mean, I'd call it a found footage like possession film. 
Uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And I know Paranormal Activity, movies like that. I know uh, the for very first Paranormal Activity, uh, the guy and the girl, they're the Me. ones who, like, yeah, they wrote the movie. Did you know that? They wrote the movie? Yeah, they, like, thought it up, you know. That's crazy. Yeah, that's I'm pretty sure. I could be very wrong right now, but I was watching one of those Eli Roth, uh, his History of Horror. I've been, okay. I've been watching that show nonstop. I've watched him, like, over and over. Um, they had a very – they had, like, $20,000. So, you know, that's good enough to, you know, get someone dragged across a room. That's enough money to do all that kind of shit. You know, have baby powder and put footsteps in the shit. Right. You know, they had $20,000, I'm pretty sure, to make that movie. And which that movie was like a classic. Two was good. Three was good. Uh, marked ones. I don't really like that one. Yeah. Three was all right too. I liked. I liked most of them, honestly. Yeah. Well, I like the ones that involved because the first two, like it was, it was her, and then it was the sister's point of view, and then the third one was when they were kids, and then the marked ones, they were in like Mexico. Right. Right. But it still blended back into the movies. Well, honestly, I thought it was pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, you know. You're allowed to have your own opinion. That's what we're here for. <laughs> that's what we're here for, dude. They were really yeah. not. The first one's definitely the standout in that series, though. Right. For me, personally. If I wanted to watch any of them. The first one was definitely, the st- yeah, like what got me into the series for sure. Yeah. Of them, that's what really kept me hooked was like... yeah. The reason why I like the marked ones so much is because it tied all the way back to the first one. Right, just like, yeah, it brought you right back. Right through the fucking door and came into the living room or the kitchen or whatever, and my Mika's downstairs and he sees them, and that's what actually set him to freak out. But in the first one, you don't see that because it's from the perspective of upstairs in their bedroom camera. You're right, I completely forgot about that. You know, that brings it right back. It tells the story because it, it brings it full circle back to the beginning, and that's what sets everything in motion. Yeah. That's why I like the mark. That's yeah. it. But the first one, for sure, hands down my favorite, I would say. Yeah, and the thing about found footage films, uh, ever since Blair Witch, uh, they, they have been oversaturated, you know, in movies, overused yeah. from time to time. Like, there is right. a lot of them, and people have been trying to recreate and do, like, very good ones. Right, uh, you know, Blair Wish pretty much started that trend, and I you know, that's that's a good one. That's yeah, yeah Blair Wish is a classic, and then just found footage films. You know, they're like Cloverfield was it was all right. You know, Cloverfield's a good movie. I like that. Yeah, I found footage films are probably one of my favorite kind of uh, horror, like genre of horror. Yeah, just because, to me, it has a sense of uh, realism to it. Like yeah. whether it's I was going to say that thing it still feels like it's real because like you know it feels like the government found this footage you know in a pile of rubble because yeah now we get to watch it you know ended you know i'm dying in a pile of rubble and you're like yeah well that's because that's just you know now we all get to see it it was released to the public yeah exactly like found footage films are really good like that because they just like it and i want to it automatically starts out like like realistic the way they started the movie, uh, Morciel, was just amazing. Like, I love that. It, was, it could have started better, honestly, in my opinion. That was really good. Yeah, me too. I thought, I thought that too. And then uh, I really like the scenes in the graveyard. They're kind of like still, you know, one frame kind of scenes. He flicks off to one, like, monument or whatever. It was like Jesus or something. Yeah, yeah flips that shit off. 
Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's just really subtle things in that movie I enjoyed. You know, right. And I want to give a shout out to Drew Molino, Paul Davis Griffin. You know, they're the role models to me and you. Oh yeah, I to mean, us for sure, for as long as I could really remember for a yeah, while. Yeah, I, I mean, we've at least I was probably twelve years old when we first started watching them. Twelve or thirteen, it was six years ago. Yeah, it could be longer. Like I don't know, it could be longer. Longer. I feel it's been at the very least five. Yeah, I mean, a long time ago. <laughs> I feel like they were probably sixteen or seventeen when we first started watching them. Yeah, like they were young, dude. Yeah. They were still in school age, <laughs> you know. Like, and now fucking. And they started right when like YouTube was starting too. You know? Yeah, like, it's just getting big. Or in the first trend yeah. comedy on YouTube, you know, they started right. chat roulette. They were, that was you know, game changers in YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why, you know, I love, you know, I love watching their videos. Yeah. They're amazing. They're funny. Yeah. I'll never, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like full swing back into them now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for those podcasts. You know, I've, I've listened to every one. I've listened to a few twice, you know, I just sat in my car for the last three hours and listened to podcasts. Like I haven't even been inside yet. <laughs> like they're I love listening to them talk because they're 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 both smart, you know, and they're funny. Yep. They're very intelligent. Hilarious. Yeah, they're hilarious. They have great conversations, you know, they keep it going, never stop. Just a huge shout out. And the most spectacular podcast, definitely just listen to it. Check you, that out. And then uh, their most recent podcast, I'd like to say this too. They uh, they were talking about how you may uh, you can donate for them now. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and they want to. They said uh, it'd be like their dream to do it two times a week. You know, to to actually make money off of it. You know, we I'd like that too, but I I'm definitely going to donate to them probably sometime in the following week because yeah yeah I'm sure. If they have 2,000 views on a podcast, I'm 1,500 of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love their fucking podcast. That's what, you know, if whatever they need to help make them as much content as possible, that's, I'm all, I'm all about yeah. uh, full time. They're hilarious. Yeah. They're, I, I've stopped listening to the radio. I've stopped listening to music. Just listen to these podcasts. podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, Paul Davis Griffin, you know, he's a great dude. Drew Molino, a great dude. You know, I really miss Dip Your Thumbs on YouTube. I, you know, I don't even think it, I don't think it exists on YouTube anymore, Bodie. Really? Did it get taken down? Yeah, I think it got taken down. If they ever listen to this and they, uh, you know, if they ever listen to this, Dip Your Thumbs, dude. Recognition right there. <laughs> dip Your Thumbs, man. I remember that shit. Like, we sing it all the time still to this day. We know the words, you know, we miss it. Yeah, it's... It's fucking 50 minutes in, dude, and we're still on my topic, all right. I'm going to go ahead and close it off real quick, you know. I think uh, right now would probably be a good time to take a little bit of a break, you know, maybe like take take five. Okay, okay. You know, go go use the bathrooms, go refresh, get some beverage, and then we'll hop back into my topic. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. I mean, if you're done, you know, if you got you got anything more you want to say before we take a break? Um, 
just thank you, Paul Davis Griffin and Drew Merlino. Like, I loved your movie. I loved every movie you guys have put out or any like extended film. Um, Paul Davis Griffin, Scrappa One Day, I'm pretty sure I was pronounced the band he's in. Uh, he has a series on that. I've seen every one of those. I know they don't get a ton of views because they're not on his main channel. I've seen every one of those. I know exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, Drew Merlino, I watch his YouTube videos all the time, his Q&As, QA and Drew. QA and Drew. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love these dudes, you know. Yeah, they're they've, amazing. Yeah, they've literally been a part of our lives for a while. Big shout out to the both of them. Yeah. To ever look these guys up. Yeah, follow them on Instagram. Uh, I'll probably put a link to them somewhere in our channel, honestly. Yeah. For yeah. this video, probably. I'll put one for them. And uh, link out to their podcast. For yeah. Sure. Shout out to their podcast because I know they're talking about they want, you know, if anyone wants to shout them out, please do so. And I'd love to do nothing more than shout them out because they're just amazing. So thankful. Love the movie. Couldn't say oh. it anymore. Yep. And go then CL yeah. YouTube and go, you know, listen to some great podcasts, the most spectacular podcast by Paul and Drew. Yeah. Watch the most spectacular friends on YouTube too, the series they made a few years ago. <laughs> funny as fuck. Guaranteed funny as fuck. <laughs> All right, uh, I think we can close there. Take a nice five minutes. We're at 55 minutes, you know. Be back at the uh, top of the hour. All right, catch ya. All right, well, uh, welcome back. Welcome back to Weekly BJ. Welcome, welcome. Uh, I'm pretty excited for your topic, you know. I, you mind if I guess? Ah, I was going to ask you before we started to just go ahead and take a stab at it. Yeah, let me go ahead and guess. Let me go ahead and guess. Go ahead. Guess. Are you going to be talking about Mount Pleasant, West Virginia? I am not going to be talking about Mount Pleasant. Not the Mothman? I'm not going to be talking about the Mothman, but I'm very, like, you are so close, man. You're literally on fire just waiting to burn. Oh, well... Shit, man! The hell does that mean? <laughs> okay, I'll, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you will by the end of this. But I'm not going to tell you straight off the bat. You'll okay. you'll get it. You'll get it by the first story. I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. Okay. Here, you know, your little brain receptors will fire up in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I'm going to start off with a short one first. All right. Not Mount Pleasant, man. I, I thought for damn sure. I remember talking about the Mothman to you. And oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It had something to do with the Mothman. But okay. It, well, kind of. I mean. The Men in when, Black. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's it, man. You know. We'll see. Uh, All right. We'll go see. ahead. So the year's 1986. We're set in New Jersey, and there's a man named Jack Robinson. All right, he, this is all real? Real? Like, this is all real. This is all a real account. Okay, okay. Uh, him and his wife work on UFO cases, and they were just uh, <clears throat> just about to like uncover some major shit on UFOs, basically. They uh, work. They get paid to work like this? Like... They have, yeah, they're in an organization that's based out of New Jersey that studies UFOs. It's, I don't know if it's like uh, they get paid to do it, 
but like it's not like governmently funded you know it's just a group of people that go and meet up every so okay they they spend their time doing this right they spend their time doing this they probably all just put in money every week or some shit and go take like a trip or something you know but him is uh jack robinson and his wife mary robinson were doing uh some ufo research when one day they came home and found that their place was ransacked somebody had been searching through their belongings in their apartment damn pardon me i had to take a sip of apples yeah all good all good but uh so Somebody had searched their apartment, and in particular, they searched their UFO research and, like, found their documents, and they could tell that that was the main thing they were looking for because it was all spread out, you know, like, looking at every single little bit of it. And uh, the following day, Mary noticed a man dressed in black suit and black tie with a black (laughs) hat standing across the street, staring constantly up into their window, just watching them. And this went on for about three days. Now, he he would just stare up into their window. And they would look at him, and he would just stare right back at him. You know, like, no features. You know, just so for three days, like, did he ever but, go anywhere? Or was he just... He, left, he, he, would, he would arrive in, you know, a black car would drop him off, and he would just stand right there across the street. And he wouldn't, like, just constantly stare at them all damn day. You know, like, yeah. he'd look, probably talk on the phone report back to whatever you know organization he's working for whatever the fuck he's doing you know yeah stand there for three days straight stalking their apartment and by the third day they were tired of it and they wanted to see if they could beat them beat beat the man there early and they told their friend uh here let me see this their friend timothy timothy green beckley took a photo of this man standing across the street on the corner and uh, staring into their apartment. He, he had a, he snapped a picture. He got there as soon as he could. And yeah. the man had just dropped off before Mary and uh, Jack got home. And he saw this man staring at their apartment window and he took a photo and online, which obviously we can't show through this podcast, right. but uh, online, you can find the photo that this man Timothy Beckley uh, took. And you know, I feel like I've seen the photo. Or... It's a black and white photo, and it's this man standing in like uh, the doorway of a business or like the doorway of a shop. So it's like half his body's kind of cut off, but you could definitely tell he's in black black suit coat, black tie, black hat, and he's got black shades on, and he's staring right up at, across the street. Damn, it looks okay. like. A- briefcase in his right hand now we're gonna fast forward we're gonna go back in time a little bit about 10 years 10 years before that it is 10 years prior to the the to that like sequence 10 years prior to the jack robinson stalker in black is what i call it okay there was a man in 1976 named dr herbert hopkins all right yeah, he's a consultant on a UFO teleportation case, and him and a, him and a group of his colleagues were studying uh, a teleportation device that they thought they had found, or something like that. You know, they had found yeah. evidence of a teleportation device, and this happened in uh, Maine. I couldn't figure out where in Maine, but it happened somewhere in Maine. There was a 
Dr. Herbert Hopkins, he was, you know, like I said, him and his colleagues were studying on this shit. And uh, a, a man claiming to be the vice president of a New Jersey UFO research organization uh, had called uh, Dr. Herbert Hopkins and, uh, you know, like later that day and, you know, just some day after one of his seminars or some shit. He had called Dr. Herbert Hopkins, got in contact with him and uh, asked if they could meet up and discuss their research. Okay. Like any UFO enthusiast, he was like, of course, you know, if you have right. something, I would like to know about it. I have stuff that you would probably like to know about. So he agreed to meet up with this man, and the man said that he could be there soon. And Dr. Herbert Hopkins uh, hung up the phone and went to go turn the front porch lights on. And, like, this is immediately after he hung up the phone. Like, minutes after he hung up the phone, he went to his front door, turned the porch lights on. But to his astonishment, he saw that the man was, there was already a man in a black suit, black tie, and black hat coming right up to his door. He was no already, on his, already on his steps, dude. Dude, I, that's, like government tapping into your phone like already being on top of shit you know like they've been listening exactly now listen to this the man wore a black suit he had no hair no eyebrows and no eyelashes and was extremely pale and at one point during the conversation the man had wiped his mouth with his glove and dr and herbert hopkins uh had noticed that lipstick had came off and smeared over his cheeks and on the back of his gloves. And he was so you could tell that he was what the fuck? <laughs> but, you know, that's a little odd, you know, why is a right. pale man with lipstick, but whatever. Right. And, uh, what happened was uh Oh, okay, yeah, this happened too. After you know, after they had talked a little bit and the man had figured out all of the research that Dr. Herbert Hopkins like Herbert Hopkins invited this man into his home and did discuss research with him. Okay, so uh, he showed up to his door after the call, and then uh, after the call, they, they started they started talking. Like he yes. invited him in, they started talking. Okay, yeah, and like some at some point during while they were talking, he, the man wiped his lips, got lipstick on his gloves, and it kind of smeared over his lips. Okay, and you know, Hopkins was like immediately like that's a red flag. Like uh, yeah, weird. something is weird. <laughs> Are weird you know whatever some people wear lipstick it's just you yeah know, like you know that's not like very strange of, event like yeah yeah serious you know, yeah i don't know but uh so right you know the whole entire conversation uh hopkins's dog was going ape shit he had to put him in another room because the dog was not liking this man being the house now you know, you can't really chalk that up to anything, really, because, you know, this dog could probably get mad at anybody going in the yeah, house. Yeah, you know? but, but, you it, know, in all history, some dogs, dogs are right. Supernatural, <laughs> you know, they, they're pretty right when bad people have bad vibes, you know? Yeah, bad intentions, you know. Dogs are usually right, but, they you know, also, they can be wrong. They can be wrong, you know, I can't really, like, say anything factual or anything but they could be yeah. but uh right before the man left uh he 
walks out the door and turns to Hopkins and says, you have two coins in your pocket, take one of them out. Hopkins did, in fact, have only two coins in his pocket, and he pulled one of them out, and it was a penny. Now, the man told Hopkins to let, uh, set it in his palm, and Hopkins set it down in his palm and looked and told him to focus on it. He looked at this penny, and uh, Hopkins says that the penny started to turn a silverish color, and then it started to get fuzzy, like it was almost losing its focus, and then it turned bluish until it started to vanish out of air completely what the hell and then this is this is what hopkins says the man said after this he said hold on on. he was uh fuck i don't know if i wrote down his name the name of the the man there was a man that uh this that the the man in black that was talking with Hopkins and made the coin vanish. There was a, a man that he had discussed uh, that he said that he brought up and it was another UFO researcher that had died from uh, like a brain hemorrhage. But uh, okay. he was like, Do you remember this researcher and Hopkins was like, yes, you know, like, of course, but I'm pretty sure he died a while back, didn't he? And then the man was like, you're correct. He did die. And then this is what Hopkins said. The man said that this man in black said, and he said, uh, he said that this man no longer has a heart, just like you no longer have a coin. That this coin would never be seen on this plane again. Like he fucking, you know, sent it out of this existence or some shit. You know. Wait. Like, okay, he said. Uh, yeah. Holy but shit. Uh, he said basically what he said is like he made this one guy's heart vanish to kill him and he made your penny vanish to silence you so like do what we say or you're gonna die like that guy did yeah so he was pretty much uh it was pretty much a threat oh yeah it was a deep threat he threatened the fuck out of him he was like you're gonna die if you don't do this and he told him to destroy all his research and hopkins later that night uh did do that he took all of his files and burnt them burnt them up he, he destroyed all of his own and uh, he later contacted his phone company and they said that his line had been tampered with like somebody was tapping his calls wow so like there you go you know yeah that's like the proof there you know damn that's that's another case you know that's dr hopkins's story but he in the end he burnt all his research and gave up gave up searching for ufos you know I firmly believe that shit happens, you know. Like, they they will kill you. Well, they'll kill your family and you, you know. The government or not, the government has been known to silence some people. Everyone, you know. You know? NASA, you know, like, a lot of people have been silenced through NASA. Yeah. That have through NASA. Anybody in Area 51, you know, you come out, you can't. You're sworn to secrecy. You yeah, fucking, I mean, if you tell one person, they'll kill your family. Family, yeah. <laughs> that shit, it's just wild to me. And, you know, I don't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't keep it secret. Like, if I had a wife and I worked at Area 51. Yeah, she'd be asking constantly, like, where have you been? What have you been doing all day? Like, I can't say a single fucking Yeah, word. they'll kill me. <laughs> like, you're gonna die if I talk to you. It's It's wild, you know, and... That's what's so hard about 
you know, believing aliens. I firmly believe in aliens, you know, all that kind of shit. You know, I know you do too. Oh yeah. Heavily. I believe in it more yeah. than anything I see in my own day to day life, you know? Like yeah, it's, there's just something. Kind of, you gotta be ignorant, honestly. Yeah. Else. There's fucking all the stars out there are fucking like suns, basically potential suns. Mm-hmm. Potential sun is a potential solar system, so there's that many fucking solar systems out there. It's and almost it's infinite, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's Uncomprehendable. It, it is. It's you cannot. It's cannot fathom yeah, how and space is out there. There's secret societies all over this this world that we live on. You oh, know. For sure. We're just measly fucking civilians that are dumb. We're fucking uh, gullible, you know. We act like we know things, but we don't. Alien could fall, and they'll just say it was the military. You know, oh, it was, you know. Yeah, it was a weather balloon. It was, you know, nothing at all. Just just forget about it. It's pretty much what they tell you. It's falling down. (laughs) We'll believe it. it. If the whole populace was to know there was something more than, like, what we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then everything we've known and been taught would be like we wouldn't know what to do with that information is what they believe. So everything would be torn down. Every structure that we have in our yeah. lives would be like religion would change forever, you know. For everybody. Like some people would just fucking completely deny the reality or like chalk it up to you know i don't know like i mean i don't know how like religion would react towards that It'd be um, crazy. a lot of religious people uh they believe in i've heard that people that they believe in aliens are angels you know they, some people believe a- aliens are angels which you know it's it's plausible i suppose yeah but i, I you know i just believe in other life forms other than human beings because there's got to be it's just it's just too much you think an alien's an angel? I don't know. In, in my personal opinion, not trying to like offend anybody, but if if you no. think an alien is an angel, then I feel like you just believe the same thing that like ancient Egyptians and like cavemans that drew spacemen on the rock carvings believe. You know, because like they believe that those were their gods, where right. aliens came down, and like. It could have been, I guess, a, a supernatural deity, but like it's still not. It's still just an alien. Yeah, and I'd like to talk about this real quick. By you know, and uh, helped out society. Yeah, uh, two thousand one Space Odyssey. Yeah, have you That's seen that full movie? movie? I have. It's been a very long time. Yeah, I've seen it like a long time ago, and maybe like only once or twice. Yeah, so I that movie was made in like nineteen sixty seven, dude, and it was beyond its time like a retardedly like sorry for that but beyond its time like for made in the 60s movies weren't that good yeah like they were in no, no. space like it was beyond its time like the, how they made that movie like especially sci-fi the genre for yeah. back then probably wasn't the biggest yeah they were able to do so much like just it's mind-blowing that it's right. just there's just no way that movie should have been like produced that well and uh, the whole plot, they start off as cavemen. Uh, it's about, like, monoliths. You know, from No Man's yeah. Sky, uh, Knowledge Stones. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be from an alien, some sort of alien monolith uh, supplying us knowledge and progressing the, the race of humans. Helping our, us along through our, like, our cycle. Yeah. And the one part that really sticks out to me, uh, whenever they're cavemen, they, they find the first monolith, 
they start to learn how to kill each other and uh some decide to run away they don't want to be murderers you know some enjoy it and then right. uh they find the second one the monkey decides uh he's looking down and then he looks up and then it cuts off and i feel like that's like pretty powerful like he looks up to the sky uh you can take that either like two ways that he believes in like that it's god you know uh like sending like the knowledge you know please like right. like it's a god but or it could be like he's looking in the sky because of uh aliens you know some sort of alien giving them knowledge it could be like right. religious or like the you know the scientific that power. second knowledge stone that gave it like it told him that this is from some higher power and then right. he looked down to the earth it could yeah, be he from looks up to the sky to and then it's it could be from the aliens up above you know like yeah. other beings that are just smarter than us right now by like teaching us how to be as smart as they can be yeah and then they progress to be like human beings as we know now and then Mm -hmm. they find a monolith they they're able to go into space space travel uh talking uh computers computers uh becoming smart yeah ai be out uh smarting humans you know they're they're more powerful than humans which is the downfall of humanity pretty much you know, they, they create this AI that's so smart that it's smarter than humans and it overpowers them. Literally kills <sighs> one of the guys. Damn. And then the last monolith he finds, he sees himself progressively getting older. He just keeps, he's in this like classy room. He f- finds himself like playing on the piano. He's like about 80 years old and he's staring at himself. And then he goes Damn. to the next room. He's probably like 90s, dying, like elderly, laying in a bed, dead. In the monolith right in front of him and there's this long like 10 minute sequence of like lsd trippy colors and <laughs> yeah it ends with him in a fucking bubble as uh like an embryo baby and like which i take as becoming the ultimate form of knowledge and being reborn with like everything like more than himself every step of humanity yeah the final step of like humans which we are at the previous step currently in our lives, like which is kind of fucking weird. Mm-hmm. We're, we're rapidly climbing. Yeah, you know, like technology is growing. Yeah, like there weren't even computers back then. Like <laughs> our grandparents' age, like there weren't even fucking PCs. All right. All right. That's all I had to say about that. I'm sorry. You can go back right to, right back. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Well, uh, I've got like a uh, just one more story for you. Okay. And this is like I, I've I found a, like an ass ton of them, but these are the, probably just my three top that I found. Right. This one, I named it Adele and insurance fraud. And the years said, "Oh, damn!" Even ten years prior to the Hopkins case, this is 1968. You say 16, Adele, Adele, and Adele, Adele and and Adele and insurance fraud. Okay. I named it. And in the years uh, 1968, there's a 16-year-old woman named uh, Adele living in Scarborough. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Scar- yeah, that's fine. Shit's hard. Berkshire. And uh, uh, she, yeah, she's living with her parents in Scarborough, North Yorkshire. She's a 16-year-old woman. And she goes by the alias Adele. She doesn't want her real name being that. Right. So... One day, while her parents are out at work, she's home alone, and a man comes knocking at the door. 
And uh, as she opens the door, the man stands there staring at her with a very, very large grin on his face for what seems like forever. Like, very, like, way too long. Awkwardly long. Awkwardly long. Exactly. And then almost whenever she goes to speak to him, uh, he, like, jolts and then, like, snaps back into it and asks uh, what he asks. He asks, he says, have you got insurance? Is it now? And uh, Adele didn't know what to make of this. It was kind of, like, confusing to her. So she said, just call back whenever my parents are home. And uh, right then and there, the man began to sweat visibly, like just started uh. dripping. He wasn't sweating, and then he just started to drip with sweat. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you some description of what he looked like. Okay. He was uh, wearing a pork pie black hat, uh, like a very, very eerily mad grin. He looked distant or almost controlled, like something was making him do what he was doing. Right. Uh, the suit he was wearing was black, all black, with black tie, white white undershirt, you know. Yeah. But the sleeve and pant legs were entirely too small for him. Like, you could see almost halfway up his arm, almost halfway up his calves. You know, very small. He, like, he wasn't meant for it. You know? Yeah, like, nothing seemed really natural. Especially like, the fact that he had both his shoes on the wrong feet. So that was <laughs> just like, hmm. Okay. Both his shoes <laughs> on the wrong feet. Yeah, That's, yeah. You know. And so uh, when he began to sweat, he took his hat off and went to go wipe the sweat off his forehead. And it, real, it showed that he was fully bald and uh, had no hair, no eyebrows, no eyelashes. And when he wiped his head with his hand, a thick layer of stage makeup came off, revealing pale dead skin underneath. Oh my gosh. His hat back on, which covered it back up. And then he asked, Can I see a glass of water? Can I see a glass of water? I see a glass of water. And uh, she says, You know, like, not wanting this man to pass out because he's sweating so much in the middle, like, in the middle of his, her porch, she offers him, you know, like, invites him inside, goes to sit him down, and then goes to get him a glass of water. And when she comes back, He's standing up towards the mantle fireplace, staring at this clock just on top of it, like with utter fascination, just grinning at it, staring at it, like amazed by this clock. And then this shocked Adele, so she didn't know what to do, like what to make of it. So she just kind of rambled and went, uh, that's my father's clock. It was a retirement gift. And uh, this, like amazed the man what she said just like shocked him and he turned to her and said it's it is your father's time is it here and now and she she didn't really know what to say to that so she just handed the water and he took it from her sorry headphones are fucking up no you're good you're good he took the glass of water studied it and then just looked at it for what seemed like almost too long and then handed it back to her without taking a single sip of it. Dude. And this stood out. <laughs> and then like this stood out to her. She was like, she remembered that he asked, 
can I see a glass of water? Not like, can I have a glass? Can yeah. I drink? And then he actually goes and stares at the shit. And he just looks at it. That is it. Like, that's water. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then fucking, like, that's just kind of creepy. And uh, so she doesn't know what to make of this. And he just ends up turning back to the clock, tapping it, like, on the top of it and saying, uh, over and over, he starts saying, your father, your father, his time, his time. And just is like sitting there fascinated by this clock, tapping at your father, your father, his time, his time, tapping it and shit. And then just randomly he jerks up and then snapping out of whatever trance he was, he looks over at her and says, watch the lights and then hobbled out in a haste, like very swiftly. And uh, on one of the the lights, watch the lights and then leaves her house. He goes to leave her house, and on one of the sites I read that he actually used his hands to move one of his legs, like he couldn't move it, and so like he grabbed it by the knee and swung it while he was. That's you know, why walking. it said like hobbled. Yeah, hobbled out, and that's yeah. On the other side, it said hobbled out. That's what I wrote down. So like I don't know, but like yeah, yeah. but uh, and Adele had to rush past him and like sprint to the door to open it because she it. Like, by the way it looked like he was moving, it looked like he was just going to go straight into the door without even opening it. And so she opened it for him, and he rushed out, and she went to go to the window to see, like, where he went, and she just, he just vanished. No, she actually went out to the window to see whose house he went to next because he was an insurance agent, you know? He was trying right. to sell insurance. Is, or is that's what she thought. Yeah, that's and what then, he said. You know, he was just gone whenever she got to the window. She saw no car or nothing. He was just gone. And then uh, shortly after that, she says, uh, she also, she said all of this to an investigator named Lynn Pickett. And uh, I tried searching up Lynn Pickett online. And all I got was an author of this book. And it had the same title to one of the articles that had all this information, but it was like off by a few words. So like, I wasn't sure if that was the same author or if it was, but because this is an investigator that uh, wrote, like said all this information, but I don't know if it was the same author or not. So I'm, you know, don't quote me on that. Uh, It says that Adele told this investigator, Lynn Pickett, shortly after all of this, a cluster of lights uh, appeared in her living room and danced around the clock, like, or no, danced around in, in her living room, just like moved around and she watched them. And then shortly after that, during that day, still, the clock stopped working. And it wasn't until years later that uh, they were just watching this random TV show that the clock just started working back up after that. What the dude? <laughs> like, uh, shit like that. You know, I believe, but I don't make sense of, you know. Right. Like, what the fuck? Like, what is that shit? What like, can that even be? Like, is that the end of the story right there? That's the end of the story right there, dude. That's all three stories. And I hate that shit, dude. Like, because that, I want to know. Like, what the fuck was that all about? Like, you know, three different counts uh, span decades, you just said, of these guys. You know, they they all are... Uh, identical in their features yeah all wearing the same suit almost robotic almost robotic featureless yeah just creepy 
like someone's typing out on a fucking keyboard what they're saying, but they're like half ass doing it, so it's just exactly. fucking weird. Exactly. There were so many more, dude. There was like I could t- I could you know talk to you about a few off the top of my head. I don't have it written down, but like there's so many more. Yeah, we could probably make a whole fucking podcast on it. For sure, I'm but I, black. I like fucking chew up some time with that one. Yeah, because uh, I what I thought you were gonna talk about Mount Pleasant for because the Men in Black have a, a story in West Virginia with some Osman case. That's okay. That's why I was pissed at you when we were working Friday because I brought it up. <laughs> You were like talking about the Mothman. I'm like, that's cool. But then you were like, do you know about the men in black? And I'm like, oh, there goes my whole entire topic. Right. <laughs> right. I, I can tell. Shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm like, shit. Yeah, see, I didn't know any of that. Uh, and then, like, fucking, uh, I went over. And uh, over to the house the other day, yesterday, and you were like, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I'm like, I'm, for, I'm fucking sure you do. You already fucking brought it up. Yeah, but I didn't. I had, like, the idea. You know, that, that really does kind of give me some chills when, when I'm thinking about it. It's pretty freaky. I mean, people are scary, you know. Yeah. People in general. If a guy in a suit, you know, with completely hairless and uh, hmm. noticeably, like, like with makeup, like yeah, pale or yeah. fucking wearing makeup to hide the paleness yeah, and even wearing under the makeup is paleness. Yeah, is like fucking it's weird. Pale dead skin, you know, yeah. like fucking corpse. Like they're using these dead bodies, just reanimating them and yeah, then like and contr- using them as fucking government toys, you know. Yeah. Instead of paying a fucking person to tell you that he's going to kill your family, they're going to use these guys. Well, well there's... Just... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's, a, there's another one. Like, there was a website I found where it showed all the, like, the, like, the most... Uh, the top men in black cases where there's actual photographic evidence. And that's where I got that first one from, where they took a picture of the dude across the street. Yeah. But there's one where this couple was being followed on this subway. And uh, fucking, or a train or whatever, and they recorded, like, on video of uh, these two MIB agents fucking standing there at the terminal. They keep looking up at them and watching them, like, recording, like, staring at them and shit. It's just two white, it's just two pale white dudes in a black suit, black tolly, pork pie hats, both with suitcases and black sunglasses staring at them. Emotionless, probably, completely emotionless. Miles, no frowns, just staring at him blankly, like kind of like check a watch, stare at him. Yeah, look around, stare at him. You know, like it, it was freaky. I watched the video; it was only a few seconds long, but you could see it. Like he, he swiped the phone up, and then they both, like were looking up at him, and then one of them like I'd be utterly terrified. You know, sure. I you know, you're walking over, you see these fuckers like you know hairless mole rats wearing suits and just like staring at your ass like we're gonna kill you like oh god are you (laughs) yeah it's like obviously government and some people say it's government some people say they're above the above the government and they tell the government to shut up even when they have ufo see that's what i believe because i know uh i watched this thing one time even the president can't get into area 51 like that's what I'm saying, you know? Like, even our own fucking president's not allowed in there. 
Yeah, he's the president of the United States. Area 51 is on the United States, but he's not Like, people really there. think, like, the president has, like, power, but he really has limited fucking power anymore. Like, if he wants to push something, you got to push it through everything. Yeah. Before it becomes anything, you know, like, it... Most anything yeah. he wants to do has to go through, like, at least 100 votes. Exactly. And, you know, that's what's scary, because... It's the people who have the power, yeah. not the president. But then... Over the people, there's secret governments that can do whatever the fuck they want because or in the civilization, yeah, yeah. Different groups that have no one to uh no one to look you know, like no boss. They are the boss of the populace, you know. Yeah, they control everything. And that's scary. Very scary. Yeah, Big Brother's real, dude. Yeah. Shit's always watching us. Like fucking I don't know, you could chalk it up to coincidence or something, but, like, my phone sometimes randomly records what I'm saying. Like, and I don't even say anything that sounds close to okay Google, you know? Like, like I'll hear... Yeah, yeah, I'll hear the tone. I'll be driving in the car, and the tone will like, doo-doo, and it'll be, like, recording what I'm saying, and I'll just look at it, and it'll still be recording it, so I'll shut my phone off for a little bit. And, you know, okay, this, too, has always striked as odd to me. Uh, like I'll be thinking things or like talking about things and I know I've never Googled them or anything and I'll be scrolling through like a page and uh, just show an advertisement an ad for, for what I was fucking thinking. Yep. Like I'll be like, oh, yep. my knee hurts today or something. And it's like, like having knee joint pain. Yeah. yeah. Like I've never Googled that like prior to it. And it's it fucking, it's terror. Like it's weird to me. It happens constantly because I know for a fact, like, sometimes I'll be, like, looking for, you know, like, there's, there's been times where I'll be, like, looking for a piece of fashion or, like, a shirt or something. And they'll pop up with, like, a Wish ad of exactly what I've been looking for. Yeah. You know, like, for Wish. And I'm like, that's fucked up, you know? Yeah. No. Like, <laughs> like, completely irrelevant things that I have been thinking about or talking about probably while my, like, you know, I don't know if this is factual, but, like, I'll probably be talking about it, but, like. I, I know it's I know I've never Googled it. Like I'll just like check my history. Like I've never like looked this shit up, but I know I've been thinking about it and there's an advertisement for it, like right in front of me. Right. And that's what strikes me as weird. That shit happens, man. Like there's fucking shit out there that yeah, just there's like... the like the guildsmen, that whole guild, like of secret society. The uh the Freemasons. Yeah, Freemason. Oh, I see those shit. logos everywhere now because I fucking worked for one of them. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, and it's in South oh. Carolina, dude. Uh, the owner of the company, this company, uh, it did not take taxes out. Uh, you know, it was completely like under the table kind of company. Uh, it was a cable company, like underground and aerial. But uh, this guy made his money by he had his pilot's license, and oh. he would fly back from like the border of Texas with a splicer trucks. So I know a lot of people don't know what those are, but they were full of meth. Uh, they're just kind of utility trucks with uh, closed-off beds full of meth. And he would fly a few miles ahead of those trucks back to South Carolina. Uh, and that's how he made his money, dude, to become rich. Wow. And he's in this secret group called uh, the Guildsmen or uh, Freemasons. Freemasonry. It's kind of like a, a type of uh, Illuminati. Like, you can only get in by, I don't know how wow. the hell. You, I don't know how the hell you get in there. Yeah. <laughs> This guy owns like seven houses. The Freemasons basically just make sure that other Freemasons are well off and they're always protected. Like they look out for each other no matter what. Like if you need somebody buried, 
you contact somebody in the Freemasons and you show them your Yeah, card. and I heard of stories that uh, this fucker, this you guy know, was like, like above the law. Give you money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it, they got the cops under wraps and shit. Like if, if a fucking cop's getting ready to arrest you and you need that favor and you got enough, like, fa- you know, like money. if you got yeah. enough the Freemasons Guild, probably send some fuckers your way or call those cops and be like, you're going to stop this right now or, you know, you know what's going to happen to yeah, you. Yeah, like, know? this is the kind of guy that can send a hit out on someone and not hear a word about it from the, the law. Exactly. Like, they will cover up the murder because they paid them, like, so much money or however. Like, I don't understand it, but, like, I worked for this guy. and <laughs> Fucking pay them off. You yeah, know, he had the logo couple- on the back of his truck. He, uh... I lived across the street from him, like the same house sometimes. I never was in his room one time, but I lived in this house with a bunch of uh, like Mexicans and just people I worked with like for a couple months whenever we first got down there. It was like a crack house renovated for people to live in. It wasn't bad, you know, but he lived in the basement and he would be there for like a week and never show up to work. His truck would never leave and I never saw him outside, you know, like he's like having some like fucking some weird shit, you know, I can only expect going on in there or he just sleeps all the time. Yeah. But I mean, a guy like that probably doing something. Yeah. But this guy was, you know, shady as fuck. Right. I mean, I heard stories of him putting hits out on former employees. Oh shit. Then they're like, I don't know how it all ended, but either living in fear, you know, like oh my god it's a terrifying you know there, there's some scary times working there i'm sure yeah and then you know we were finally get back to northeast ohio which i'm glad to be back honestly yeah i mean i'm not yeah. i hate like, well we live out. we live around you know i i plan to make uh podcasts in the future with you uh i want to go places you know i want to go places with you so we could talk about it like abandoned places yes. Oh, yeah, we've got plenty more. Yeah, of those the one Drew Molino was talking so about, that the place he lived in Pennsylvania. So we're like, we're like an Definitely hour and 20 minutes from PA. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. It's a, it's a bed and breakfast yeah. up in PA. It's not even a half a day's drive to get there, really. We can get there nah. in like four hours. I mean, we're yeah. like the border's right there. Uh, I'd love to do that for a weekend, you know, stay, stay there. That'd be the shit, yeah. I've I've always had a I got a plan to do that yeah. since we uh, since I ever listened to the podcast about it yeah like I was already like whenever he said it's a B and B now and you can go stay there I was immediately enticed all board like got it yeah I would love to <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I really enjoyed your stories because I wasn't thinking it was gonna be the Men in Black because I, I I really had zero idea what you were gonna go with like what you researched another fucked up thing you know like i i went over to the house you guys house the other day like yesterday okay you were guy. the shittiest thing was i was talking about it. you said that i thought you had already known about it because you already said that you had a guess i was like you already talked about us so you probably do know and then later that night when i returned back to the place you guys were watching fucking men in black yeah dude <laughs> i know i know <laughs> Bullshit right here. Like, no way. The government's watching, watching, dude. It's fucking proof right there. The government's watching. Dude, they were just like, we know what you're talking about. This, you know, like, you you need to stop. I was talking about it prior in the week. You know, I had zero idea that was your topic, though. 
you didn't tell I know. me. And uh, I you knew it was the whole time. You you come over and Men in Black is on the fucking TV. The following day. The following day. Like the day before I did the men, you know, the day before you brought it up, I did all that search. I was gonna do we were gonna do talk about video games. I was gonna have us talk about Red Dead Redemption 2 today, which we'll probably do that in a you know later. Dude, podcast. I completely fucking forgot that we were gonna talk about that. I changed my subject and I was like, fuck it, dude. I want some conspiracy theories in our first one. So, so I was like, right. men in black. We said we were then- going to save it till the end of the video, the podcast, but we're already about two hours in. So I feel like we could just wrap up for a little bit uh, and then, you know, save it. Oh, yeah. We'll wrap up. Yeah. I was just, I was just pretty pissed. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the day. It's, you you talk about the day after that, we saw you were watching Men in Black that night. And I was like, well, I'm just going to have to talk about fucking Men in Black and try to trump everything that just happened. It's confirmed, there. dude. The government's fucking watching. You know, it's confirmed. Illuminati confirmed. I'm looking out the windows right now, geeking. Like, what's going on? Like, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of scared I'll, now. But, hey, you know, I'll bite the bullet for the podcast. Yeah, dude. You know, um, is it, did, I don't know if you ever... Did you find any stories of people being threatened and not uh, complying? I haven't found any of those yet. There were a couple, all right. There were a couple where this lady was. Uh, she, this yeah, this this one lady. I didn't have any notes written down on this, but she did. Uh, she did run from them, and they chased her down in a jeep, and fucking like ran her off the road and shit. And Fuck. Just ditched. Well, you were and okay. Like, um, you no, know, they ditched her. But then there was also another one where this dude shot at them. Wow. And. The what that one I I didn't add it into today's podcast because I felt like it was a little bit less credible than it should have been because like he was there's like flying saucer involved and stuff and you know like you can't really believe everything yeah know. something a little more like uh, straightforward you know shot the, he shot at them and did nothing but like I don't know you know like nobody really survives a bullet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Usually you gotta you cringe a little bit if you get a shot. Right, yeah, he said it did shit, like did dick to him. But it, I also it, it, find like, that believable of all the <laughs> accounts. Cause they seem lifeless, you know. Like not Yeah, like they're controlled. Yeah, they don't they don't seem how they are. Right. There's gotta be something more. Which is pretty fucking weird. Yeah, um shit, what was I about to say? I don't know, dude. It's just there's a lot more than we know, and we're just supposed to go on with our fucking daily lives and you know, diddle along, pay our taxes, and not fucking think about things like this. But you know, I'm really happy we're doing a podcast now, so like we can do, we have more time to do this. Like every week, we can really like get into some shit. Yeah, we're gone in for uh, at least one every week, but two. If I don't... We're just feeling it, you know. It, I feel like we could do at least two every week. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to find some time. Throughout the like, week. Yeah. So we really well, don't we get could... home from work till like 7 o'clock every night. It's shitty because we we do like 12-hour shifts. You know, it's 7 to 7. or It's earlier. Than I mean, we wake up at 5 and don't get home till like 7.30, dude. Yeah, exactly. So it's like fucking 12. Yeah. You know, that's 13, 14-hour days. Hey there, folks. Sorry about that. Uh, the recording went on a little bit longer than I had anticipated, and 
it got cut short right when we were about to wrap up and give our thanks. So I'm just going to take this time to give our our thank you to and support to everybody else that's helping us and supporting us along the way. Uh, I want to thank Paul Davis Griffin for messaging my brother and getting in contact with him and showing his support. Uh, I want to thank, you know, Drew Molino and Paul Davis Griffin, both of you guys, especially because you guys are, like we said throughout this podcast, our role models and we've looked up to you guys for years on end now. It's crazy. And it's just crazy to, you know, look at how far everything's come in the past fucking five or so years. It's crazy. It's just, it's just been a wild life. <laughs> but uh, I want to thank my girlfriend for being the voice in the intro and give a special thanks to her. I want to thank my brother for helping me start up this podcast and start this channel up and keep me motivated to do something like this because I've always wanted something like this in my life. And all of you should just go follow Drew and Paul. It's Drew Molino. You find them both on Instagram and both on YouTube as well. Drew Molino and Paul Davis Griffin. And then check out the Dylan and Michael productions. They made it's Paul Davis and Gr Paul Davis Griffin and Drew Molino's channel. That's uh, the channel they posted the movie Morseel on. Everybody should go give that shit that that shit a watch. It's it's well worth your time, every single bit of it. But yeah, that's uh that's about it. I want to thank everyone for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week on the next uh, weekly BJ. Stay tuned. <laughs>